outlaws driving their throbbing steel machines. Defiling whatever they touch. We want to be free to ride on the machines without being hassled by the man. Yeah, we don't want nobody telling us what to do. We don't want nobody pushing us around. Everybody, welcome back to Chopper Profits. I'm Mike. I'm your host, and tonight uh, I have the distinct honor of welcoming someone who's been around the scene for a while, uh, been involved in uh, Chopper culture, actually documenting Chopper culture. His name is Josh Kirpius. Welcome, Josh. Thanks. No problem, man. Um, I'm stoked that you're able to to come on the show um, because I think you offer a pretty unique perspective in that. Uh, you're, I mean, you're a photographer. Um, you know, you've, you obviously have other qualities and, and characteristics uh, to you as a person, but you've captured a lot of photos and a lot of memories, it seems. Um, and so, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but the main question I wanted to ask you, we want to find out how you got to where you're at today. So why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what life was like growing up in the Kirpius household? <laughs> Well, I guess in my early age, uh, I was always always uh, really into art, I guess, and just creating things. I've, I've always been the type to be kind of by myself, mm-hmm. and, you know, I'd rather spend time alone creating weird things. I, I, you know, it just kind of <laughs> evolved over the years. It, you know, I started out as really young, just drawing things, and, and um, it always seemed like I was very passionate about one thing or another in my life and it just one thing led to the next and um always uh always kept myself busy with with those things and um you know when I was really young it was it was you know Indians and cowboys mm-hmm. mainly native americans so that that's like all I would draw and uh and then uh then into like I guess into high school I started really getting into music and and uh playing guitar and and, uh, and then, you know, I'd be, my thing to do actually was to get on my bicycle and roam around the neighborhood and, and, uh, see what everybody was throwing away. And if it looked like something that I could turn into something useful. I'd, I'd take it and, and, uh, kind of make it my own. So then I got into, I think I found a guitar in the garbage. That was my first guitar. And, awesome. and then, <laughs> and then refurbished it, you know, sanded it down and, uh, down to the wood and, and painted it and, and got it working and then just started playing it. So it was always about creating something or making something better. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, um, yeah, I was, I was living in town. I was living out of town, uh, out of town. I mean like in the country. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of moving. I moved a lot as a little kid, but just always in the same little area. Um, but through my high school years, uh, I was I was out in the country. So it was, uh, and we were like 13 miles away from from the town that I actually grew up in. And this is uh, this is in Illinois, right? Yeah, this is in. Uh, I grew up in Genoa, Illinois. Okay. okay. And and that's about 
that's about 80 miles out, outside of Chicago. It'd mm-hmm. be uh, northwest of Chicago, Cornfield Town. Okay. Uh, and um, but then moved a little bit further further uh, west than that to a town called Kirkland, mm-hmm. and um, and then uh, and then my my stepdad at the time he he uh, brought home this 1970 Bronco and said, hey. You get this thing running; it's yours to drive when you turn 16. So, I kind of, I kind of got into um, into cars and, and automotive stuff. And he handed me a bucket of Bondo and said, "Here you go, make it straight." You <laughs> nice. Know? nice. So, uh, I got really good with Bondo really quick because that thing was a pile of shit, and <laughs> and uh, it took a it took a whole hell of a lot of Bondo to get that thing straight. But <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I kind of really was into. Um, in the cars, um, through high school. Uh, my dad, my dad, uh, had bikes. Um, he worked on the road a lot. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, there was the winter months he would, he would be home, but you know, I, I guess he wasn't really riding in the winter months. So, um, the bikes didn't really play a big significance in my life until, um, until, until later on. But, um, I had a, I had a, a 63 galaxy that i kind of fell in love with that's, in high school that's awesome back. That's yeah a great car uh, yeah my my uh 70 bronco got got totaled i, I had a guy in this big extended cab dually he was hot rodding his dad's truck he hit me he, he was trying to go around me i was turning left and hit my front end and sent him flipping through the air and, and uh totaled totaled that and then got into that 63 galaxy and um, so, you know, it was more about restoring cars and I was into cars and I mean, I was young. I probably shouldn't even have had a bike then anyway. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it wasn't until my 20th birthday, my dad, like, Hey, take this, uh, 79 super glide. He always had shovel head. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's what he was into. Um, he had a 79 super glide that was like cherry. He had like, 3,000 miles on it, I think. I think it still had wow. the original tires on it. Wow. And he was like, go take this for a ride, you know? And I started riding it around the, around the yard, and, and then he's like, oh, let's go. Let's go for a ride. So, How stoked you know, were I, you? <laughs> I, was awesome. pre- I was I was pretty pretty stoked. And, uh, you know, that first time you ride a motorcycle, especially, you know, I, I hadn't ridden anything else. I had a little, like, uh, little scooter. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was little, that I, I wrecked the shit out of. But uh, <laughs> so you know, you're immediately out on the road, and you're kind of got this like this nervousness, but but this uh, this this I don't know, this great excitement and freedom, and and that nervousness just kind of slips away really quick. Yeah. So, and my dad is the type of dude that's like, all right, you know, get on, let's go, and then he'll take you on the curviest road you can find right away. I mean, we live in. <laughs> We live in cornfield, so it's pretty much like a grid pattern that the roads follow. But you know, he'd find he'd find that uh, that curvy road and just jam down it. And well, he'd, he'd learn pretty quick, I guess. So <laughs> trial by fire. <laughs> <laughs> so that was so you were twenty years old. You got your first bike. Did yeah. he give you the bike, or did he just let you ride it? No, no, no. Uh, well, I mean, he might as well have. I mean, I pretty much beat the shit out of it. It's not, <laughs> it's not, it's not a, a bike that has 3000 miles on it anymore. Um, 
actually, he had a 69 FLH, and um, I was, I think I rode that uh, that super glide that first time, and then I hopped on that FLH, and, and that was kind of, you know, my bike in, in parentheses, and, and I rode the shit out of that thing, and uh, yeah. it was always a good bike, you know, it was, it was, it's a stock FLH, had the bags and the, and the, the, the pogo seat and mm-hmm. all that, so. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd ride that thing all over the place and, you know, a big bike for, for just, uh, I mean, it's still a big bike. I, I mean, I get off my chopper and I get on that thing and I'm like, man, this thing's a big old fucking <laughs> monster, you know, right. but, uh, <clears throat> but that's what I, that's what I took my test on. You know, I didn't have a little Honda or anything and I didn't know anybody that did. So I just went and took, took the test on that that's 69 awesome. FLH. That's that so. deserves some respect right there, because <laughs> it's not easy. I mean, I know it's different in you know every state. Uh, each DMV requires you know different kind of testing, but out yeah. here, like the the whole like I don't know what they call it, the popsicle or whatever, where it's kind of like a straight line and then around a circle and back. Like, yeah, I totally bowed out on that. I went and took like a, a motorcycle safety foundation course and like spent the day in the classroom. Spent two days riding their little you know, two hundreds or whatever they had. I, I look like a giant bear on like this little tricycle out there. Cause I just, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to pass that test. I mean, that's just, it's yeah. just brutal, but that's, that's impressive. You know, that you did that. What, well, that's uh, all I had. That's all I knew. So, right. So that- and you obviously were, were comfortable and able to control the bike. I mean, otherwise, you know, you wouldn't have passed the test. So yeah, no, the, the chick came out. She's like, you're going to ride that thing. <laughs> all right. Well, <laughs> so yeah, I did all right. That's awesome. Well, so okay, so you're you now you officially are riding, and um, I'm curious. You know, during that time, did your other activities, like your the stuff you like to do, like your artistic stuff, did that kind of fall to the wayside, or were you still doing that? Um. Well, um, I was actually going to school. Let's see, when I was twenty. Well, yeah, I was going to a community college, and I, I really didn't know which direction I was going to head towards. I just, I was taking every gen ed I could take just to get that out of the way until I could figure out what direction I wanted to go. And I was actually really getting into uh, metalworking in a jewelry sense, so working mm-hmm. in fine metals. And I was making jewelry, and I, I really loved it. And then um, I just kind of realized that, you could spend you could spend a month on one piece and put all this love into it, and you know somebody would offer you twenty bucks for it. That's about all you're going to get, you know. Right. Right. So, uh, so yeah, it was. It just came. It, it, well, it's like anything. It's like photography too. You know, you just got to establish yourself and create a name. But um, it wasn't until my like third year. It was going to be my last year there. I, I took a photo class and just kind of fell in love with that. So. Right, you know that was kind of about the time where I was really getting into riding, and and so I was riding, uh, riding and shooting, you know, at the same time, kind of learning both together. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I just strapped my camera on, and and uh, I didn't want to go anywhere without it, so I'd have it around my neck, and then I'd just start shooting while I was riding. I I didn't really have anybody to ride with. Shit, I still don't have anybody to ride without where I live. I just, you know, I'm always riding by myself, which actually <laughs> I love. Yeah. I, I really do love to ride by myself, but, um, 
So I was just taking photos, you know, just random shit, just going down the road, mostly just handlebars and stuff like that. And then, and then, uh, so I don't know, I just got comfortable with the, the camera in my hand. And then the times that I would be riding next to somebody, I'd, I'd pull it out and, and take a few snaps. And then it just kind of evolved into, to just, I don't know, it just evolved into me shooting how I shoot today. And, and it's a little bit more, um, extreme than, than when it started, but, uh, you know, it just kind of evolved. And I actually, now I think I'm, uh, I think I'm, uh, kind of taming down a little, uh, I, well, maybe not. Maybe I'm just so comfortable doing it. I just don't feel like it's out of control. <laughs> well, cause you do, I mean, first of all, your photos are, they're describable, but not by, I know this is going to sound totally cheesy, but they're not describable by, I can't even talk. They're not describable by normal everyday words. I mean, when I look at your photos, I see life coming from your photos. You, you're able to capture the moment. Uh, you know, we had obviously a discussion beforehand talking about light and, and everything, but it just seems like, um, and, and I get like from a photography standpoint, people blast like, you know, 40, 50 pics of like one thing and then they pick the best one or even a couple hundred pics. But it just yeah. seems like in your finished picks that um, you see life, like you, you're part of that moment. And um, so how does, if you had to explain like maybe how you develop that or how you have that eye, like where do you think that comes from, that that ability, that eye just to see things? like? Well, well, to, to backpedal a little bit, um, the, the thing for me is I – I don't necessarily want to, I don't know how to describe this, but I, I don't want to be the photographer. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the guy that's just like over off on the, uh, uh, on by the wayside, just kind of lurking around, snapping photos here and there. I, I want to be a hundred percent into it. And I, you know, sometimes I don't think people realize that, you know, when I'm taking a photo of a guy riding in the rain and he's holding his face because the the rain is beating him to death. Well, I'm actually doing that too. I I I'm doing every one of those miles as well, and I'm dealing with breakdowns or the weather or whatever shit whatever shitty thing could happen along the way. Right. And I don't ever want to miss a moment. And it's not it's not that I don't want to miss a moment with just the photography. I don't want to miss the moment of just being there and being with great people. And, and, uh, you know, it's just the, the fact that, that I don't know. It's just, um, sometimes, you know, you, you hear about, Oh, there's a party going on over here. And, and, uh, and you miss that one night, you know, and you just, you're like, fuck, you know, that, that one thing happened that night. And it's like, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, no, I, I totally get it. <laughs> I edited all this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I get where you're going. It's that you, you're that type. It boils down to this. You're not the type of photographer, even though you can do it, that is destined to sit in a studio, you know, doing portraits. Um, you, you are first and foremost, you like to be out there, you know, kind of, and as, as corny as this may sound, I don't think it's corny, but as corny as it may sound to others, like you're, you like to be first and foremost, like riding and being free and being out there, like on the bike 
or even it may be like hanging out at um I'm just I'm looking through some of the photos while we're sitting here talking. You know, it might be hanging out um at the shop or whatever, but like you're involved and then these moments come up and you've got your camera right there and you you start shooting away. Yeah. Was that's, that That's exactly it. And and the people that I'm with are just so comfortable with me being there that you know they don't even really notice that I'm there and I I really I really don't want people to to feel like oh I feel weird because there's a camera on me they just totally kind of forget that I'm there because I'm I'm doing it just as they're doing it and we're stuck on the side of the road because Joe blew his motor up and (laughs) and I'm dealing with it as well so um, they're totally comfortable with me being there Um, but as far as is uh, the eye of what I I like to see. I think it was something that happened at a very young age. I, I remember sitting in the back of a of the car, sitting in the back seat, looking out the window, and being from from you know, northern Illinois, saw cornfields, and mm-hmm. and it seemed like when the when all the crops would come down after the harvest, you just have this open horizon line, and I just stare out the window and and just see this this vastness. And this is like an emptiness and I don't know, there's like a, a coldness and timelessness. Like you, mm-hmm. what, what's over that hill? And, and, uh, I've always been fascinated with the past. I've always, mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, just always, always really been into, uh, uh, earlier time periods. And for some reason that it, it just seems simpler and it, it sets, it sets my mind free. Sure. So when I'm shooting, you know, it's just kind of natural for me to to exclude certain things from the photographs uh, where it would lend itself to be a timeless photo um, mm. where it's, you know, obviously I'm not shooting a bike with a Honda Civic behind it, you know, it, right. if at all possible. <laughs> um, right. So, you know, I, I like, I like to incorporate the, the landscape and you know, the, the middle ground, the foreground, and the background, you know, there's the whole, the whole aspect of it. And, yeah. um, just getting it all, but having a timeless feel. Well, and like I said before, I think it comes out. I mean, now that you added that, the whole timelessness to it, it, I kind of get that. And some of the photos, like you're not really sure, especially because of the bikes that are involved. Um, when we're speaking of the, the, the bikes that you photographed, you're not really sure if like it's happening in the, now or maybe it was like 70s or like maybe late 70s you know it just depends on what who you know what who's in the photo what they're wearing um you know and, and besides the fact that it's crystal clear and it's an amazing photograph like it's it's kind of timeless yeah and that that's why i'm fascinated with with um it's it's kind of a the cool thing right now is to have a, a period correct chopper. You know, that's, sure, sure. The, that's the cool thing. But I've always been into that just for the fact of of the the way I the way I see things or the way I imagine things to be or the way I maybe dream things to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been fascinated with with uh, you know sixties and seventies style choppers and and motorcycles. So or anything cars or. Uh, anything for that matter, you know, mm-hmm. architecture. So, um, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, I love all motorcycles. I, I love, I love to ride new motorcycles. They're, they're fun, you know, but, uh, 
for me to and what I photograph and what I love and and what gives me the most satisfaction are are those those bikes that can kind of fall into this timeless yeah timeless uh feel you know absolutely you threw that in there by the way with the new bikes for me didn't you oh no not at all no i i have a well actually i'll be uh i'll be on a 2014 here really soon i have an 88 which is like that's like brand new Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know for me uh that's i have an 88 fxrt and i really only ride that i actually haven't ridden it since it snowed last winter but uh Mm. it's kind of my my snowmobile so to speak or or the the bike that I hop on if I need to do a job really quick up in St. Paul or something I'll just hop on that and jam up there and, and jam it back. It but, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, but you know I love it. They you know they they handle well. They certainly handle a lot better than my uh, piece of shit chopper. And, <laughs> and uh, let's yeah, you know, I start bouncing down the road that long spring area going around a turn. And, and uh things it's fun don't get me wrong it gets a little hairy and keeps you awake but sure there's something to be said about an fxr where you can do 100 miles an hour around a 20 mile turn (laughs) (laughs) let's um let's talk about your bike now i'm totally gonna throw myself out there i believe your bike's called the locust right yeah okay so i'm glad i nailed that one because i've read it i know i've read it probably a dozen times but then i'm always second guessing myself so so tell us about the locust. How did uh, how did it come to be? Well, um, I actually I picked up the pile of parts um, when I was I was just graduating college, and my my dad really helped me out, and uh, I was going through a rough period of time. You know, I was just graduating college, and then kind of dealing with a divorce, and um, it's kind of really. Sh- really shitty point in my life and actually that's kind of what shaped uh my life the most and it is why i do what i do now Hmm. um but um yeah he he um i guess he had a friend that had a a neighbor that was kind of down on his luck and uh said he had this iron head that was sitting in a pile of parts in his garage and and asked if he'd sell it so we went over there and and uh yeah, you know, I think I paid twelve hundred bucks for this pile of parts. It had a it had the Paco rigid frame mm-hmm. that he was gonna put it in. You know, he said he said the lower end had been rebuilt and it was a twelve or yeah, it was a twelve hundred and you know, I was like, Oh, okay, whatever but it was still kind of you know, the lower end was together. Uh, I think the tra- yeah, the transmission was in it, but mm-hmm. other than that it, the rest of it needed to be put together. So I ended up getting it and then um and then it sat for a good period of time. Like I didn't, I didn't have the money. I didn't have the tools to really even do anything with it. I was kind of in over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then along the way, I, I uh, um, started actually started traveling and shooting motorcycles. And I met uh, a few people. And actually, at one time, uh, Rich Phillips, who's a really good friend of mine, um, he kind of offered, "Hey, why don't you bring this down and and I'll build this bike. I'll build a frame for you." And, and he was going to kind of build it in his way, and and then uh, I was kind of down with that, and then and then ended up my my dad had a, a painting business, mm-hmm. and and you know it, money was always good, and he was thinking about retiring, but just you know couldn't really 
couldn't really walk away from it, but then fell off a roof and Oof. really, yeah, and it, it it got really serious. I mean, he, he, I mean, he almost died. So wow. after that, he um, he started selling the pieces of his business, and then he's like, well, maybe I'll start building some bikes. So hmm. he would would sell a piece, and then he'd buy a mill, and then he'd sell something else, he'd buy a lathe, and then he'd have a welder, and then he he started going to school for machining classes and welding classes and uh now all of a sudden i had these amazing tools to to start building anything i wanted so awesome yeah so i i kind of i took my motor back and i I had that paco frame and to be honest like the last thing i ever wanted to build was a long bike that's that wasn't really what i was into i i hated long bikes i just thought they were goofy you know but i didn't have money so that's that's what I had. I had a raked frame mm-hmm. and then my dad had bought a, a Norton and it had this long skinny front end on it. And, and he wasn't going to use it cause he didn't want to run something without a front brake. So it's like, well, I got this long front end that fits on this frame. Nice. So I guess I'm going to build this long chopper. So <laughs> That's awesome. I was like, well, shit, I'll do this. I'll, I'll make this sissy bar and, and a King. I was like, I just, I just rolled with it. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so it was like it was a really great experience because now as my dad was learning to become a machinist and a, and a welder, like I I would just be in the shop and and my dad has a very interesting way of just <laughs> uh teaching. He he kind of comes in and and says, "Well, well why don't you do it this way?" like telling you you're an idiot for doing it that way and you just kind of like <laughs> agree with him. And then you kind of watch what he's doing, and then you just pick it up, you know. So mm-hmm. I've I've learned so much from my dad. It's been it's been amazing, and uh, and it it really brought us close a lot closer together. I mean, he worked on the road most of his life, and mm-hmm. um, or most of my entire life, he worked on the road. So now we're in the same shop, and and I'm I'm learning from him. But it, he he's not the type that would ever do it for me. So. They're like, well, here's how you TIG weld. And I, I, my third, my third weld was on the on the motor mount of that frame. I cut all the tabs and all the mounts and all the gussets out of that Paco frame, and I, I redid them. And uh, I just went to town. I mean, there's a whole hell of a lot of welding that had to be done. So uh, I, I learned really quick how to weld. I just was welding nonstop for probably three months, probably That's on awesome. that thing. So, yeah, and then it was like, then, you know, I had a lot of amazing friends that, like, well, I got this, this beat up tank that doesn't hold gas and I got pissed off and threw it across the shop, but you can have it. And, <laughs> Gee, thanks. So yeah. Yeah. No, I loved it though. Cause you know, that that's why that bike looks the way it does because I was just forced to use things that, that were available. Mm-hmm. And then, and then I made them just kind of flow together and work together um and that's where the the jewelry um and the metalworking side of things came in um the things that i learned from from the art classes just mm-hmm. how 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 lines flow together and and it and to think about well you could do it this way or you could do it that way and so i was just taking junk really and then turning it into something that that uh was different and mm-hmm. you know what i i think that's the best way to build a bike you just use what's available and then you're stuck with something that's really unique. I have so many people that email me (laughs) 
what's what what's the what's the rake of that frame? How long is your front end? Well, fuck, I don't even know. That's yeah. just what was available to me, and uh, you know, I just kind of set up the trail to where it would be right, and it it's fine. Yeah. You know, so that's why that bike is what it is, just because that's that's the only thing I had to work with. You're so. like you're like, yep, she rides straight. I don't, no, I don't know. She, no, she doesn't. She doesn't <laughs> ride straight. Oh man, <laughs> it's tweak, man. It, yeah, well, that's that's a whole other story. But uh, <laughs> well, yeah, I got to uh, I got to straighten things out on that. I've, it's been slid across the ground a few times. Oops. But... <laughs> well, and she's still rideable. So, oh yeah. What's that say? What? Yeah. Uh, how did she get the name? Uh, well, it's uh, it came from this little pendant that I had. And it was a, a locust that was re- resined into this, uh, into this like tendon. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what, uh, I was going to base the colors off of, or I still am. Like I'd never finished that bike. <laughs> I, I built it in a, you know, it was my first bike. That, mm-hmm. that is my first bike. And, um, you know, I built it actually in, it was like three months. I probably spent building that. I, I literally, I literally would wake up, go to the shop, and then be out there until four in the morning, sleep a few hours, and then be right back out there. I was like, finally going to have my own bike, and I was so stoked on it. So by the time that I got the motor set in there, I got it wired up, all I needed was a set of exhaust pipes. I was going to make them, you know. I was like, well, shit, my friend's got some down the street, so I put them on, and I started it up, and it ran great, and I really haven't touched it since. You know, That's so awesome. uh, I love that. Just kept riding it. So, so yeah, the the locust name came from this little little pendant, and that's what I was basing the colors off of. So it's gonna my my original or my final view of it is that it's gonna be like these like golds and browns, um, and that, that's what the paint's gonna be. And then all the molding just kind of came from me wanting it to be like a molded chopper but i didn't want to do it all in bondo because i mm-hmm. didn't want it to all crack off and so i did it in steel it was never meant to be a steel bike hmm. it was just uh it was just it just wasn't finished so that's that's why it is what it is well some people might look at it i mean i don't think anybody in our culture would look at it and go eh, bike's kind of ugly like but I think I actually think it's a really beautiful bike. I was never like a huge long bike fan, but the more I've been looking at bikes, like over the last, especially the last two years, um, there's just something really unique about them that I really like, and I, I can't explain my attraction to them. And um, who knows if you know when I finally get to build my first bike, if it'll be a long bike or not. But it's just it's beautiful. I dig it. Well, I think it. You know, and I was in the same boat, but in the end, I think it just screams chopper. You yeah. know, it's like, it's just something, and and they're goofy, they're dumb, they're stupid, and they don't really make sense most of the time, but um, but you get on them, and, and they wiggle around, and they're they're fun to ride. Um, they can be scary at times, but uh, but yeah, it just keeps things interesting. And then, and then as a photographer, those long bikes are really interesting, because depending on which angle you're looking at them, they can look like completely different bikes yeah how they're sitting just because you know the 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 rake and and the long front end you have this this uh every angle kind of reveals something different well i'll look at my bike i'll be like man that looks so 
fucking stupid sitting there. <laughs> but then you look at it from another angle, you're like, oh, man, that looks pretty sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I dig it. I mean, all the angles I've seen of, of of the locust of your bike in pictures and actually getting to see it and and meet you face to face, you know, it's just it, it's a great looking bike. It really is. It's unique, oh, it, like you said, and it stands out. Like I don't know, I don't know how you could walk through a parking lot and see that bike and not know. Up, oh, Josh is here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, especially when I built it. Like I said, at that time, most people were cutting those front ends down. They mm-hmm. they'd find a, they'd find a long front end and they they'd cut them down and. That was more of the style back then when I built it. And um, so, yeah, it just kind of broke me out of that. I mean, I probably would have built a short bike, you mm-hmm. know, if that's if if I had if I had the option to. But um, but in the end, man, that that bike has shaped my life and who I am. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's it's created a lot of amazing memories that shit that I can't even it's kind of overwhelming to even think about right that's a good thing in this day and age where you know a lot of things are lost to um digital devices and people not really having face-to-face communications anymore um i really hope that you know aside from choppers i mean i know it's it's huge in my life or motorcycles are big in my life i hope that um this generation coming up you know can do something that pulls pulls themselves away from social networking and making everything look all perfect in their life and actually sit down and talk face to face with people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm as guilty of it as anybody. I mean, it's kind of, um, as a photographer, I like to put what I do out there, but, uh, but yeah, number one is, is, uh, for me just to be out and, and being face to face with people. And, um, you know, that, that's, that, those are the times you're going to remember. Right. Yeah, it's I'm just as guilty too. I mean, if I if I had a dime for every time my wife told me to get my face out of my phone, um, you know, I'd probably be pretty rich. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't and I still keep my face in my phone a lot of times, but uh I want to actually focus on something um here because this is pretty huge for you. I mean, you you your your work has been featured in a lot of different things. I mean, everything from something that's really familiar to us, like Show Class Magazine, now you have something coming up at at Harley in Milwaukee. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a, a show actually coming up. Uh, Harley-Davidson is asked to do an exhibit of my work in their museum, which to me, I mean, that's, I don't know, <laughs> I could never, never have dreamed that that would actually happen, you know, I, it's, it's I, huge. Yeah. I would never have even thought I, I don't my, in my, my entire life. I don't know. I just, I just go with the path of least resistance. I'm just sure. do things because I love it. I'm not thinking about what this is going to lead to. I'm not, I don't have any real goals. I just always am trying to better myself. I guess that's mm-hmm. my, my only goal, but, but yeah, they, they, uh, they asked me if I, I wanted to show my work in the museum and and i was just kind of blown away by it and actually i i've been working with them uh quite a bit on this show now for the last uh few months and i've i've just blown away by the people at the museum the especially curators there Kristen and, and jim um they've are just 
just let me do whatever I want. You know, they're like, well, here's the idea. We want, we want to kind of focus on the American road trip. And they know that I travel a lot and I'm constantly traveling on my bike and, and photographing it. So that was really their only stipulation. And um, I kind of thought that, you know, a corporation like that would come in and say, oh, well, we want to use that photo and that photo and that photo. Mm-hmm. And it's only got to be, it's we can only use photos with new bikes in them. <laughs> or, or stuff that hasn't been customized or, or whatever, you know, right. but it, it was the exact opposite. I mean, there's, there's photos in there that I had to be like, are, are you for sure? You're for sure. This is okay. But in the museum, you know, there's, you know, there's, there's drug use, there's everything, you know, everything that, that, uh, happens on the road They're They're totally, we're open to it and, and it will be hanging on the walls of the museum. So that, that um, exhibit's going to run, right now, uh, it's going to run from mid-January till, I want to say, June, but there's they have the option of extending it, so it could run longer than that. Okay. And, and along with that, they've actually asked to put my bike in the museum as well, which is another wow. kind of mind-blower. It's like, well, f- to me, that bike's... <laughs> a, that bike's a pilot. Like I said, I've never finished it, and I've beaten it up. It's seen so many miles it had so many roadside fixes and i'm mm-hmm. like really I, I really don't want it in the museum it, people are so many <laughs> thousands of people are going to be just eyeballing it That's picking awesome. it apart <laughs> and and maybe not really understand why it is that way you know but it's actually going to be the first thing you see when you open the museum doors and it's going to be sitting there and they, they actually are going to do uh it's going to be like a 15 foot by 20 foot image of mine Hmm. It's going to be on the wall and my bike's going to sit in front of it. So That's crazy. Um, That's so awesome, yeah. though. So, yeah, the people at the museum there, just it's, it, it was kind of pretty mind-blowing to me just how how open they were just to let me do my thing. And they're, they're also letting me have a party. They're, they're like, we want you to have a party at the museum. Uh, and they're like, well, how about we have a local a local band play and then have a local artist do the flyer. I was like, well, in my type group of friends that I have in, in Chicago, like we have so many amazing artists and musicians and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just tradesmen where I was like, you know what? These are the people that are in the photographs on the walls. So, you know, why don't you have m- my best friends, Mount Salem play who are actually going to be, in the pictures that are in the museum. And, and then how about you have my great friend, Mitch Cody do the poster. Mm. And then, and then they wanted a little bit more. So I have another friend who has this amazing vinyl collection. He's been playing in great bands his whole life and really influential bands. And he's so, you know, so it's great because Harley Davidson's paying my friends to just throw this party. So it's just, it's just great. (laughs) It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, so it's just this is this is kind of our my my community of friends, and we're just gonna kind of take over the museum that day. So that's awesome. Um, it's that, pretty amazing that they're just like here, just just do what you want, you know. <laughs> well, so. it's it's good for them. I mean, if you think about where Harley's at, um, and and this is no judgment against them at all as a company, but I I see. Um, I see where they're where they're headed with their motorcycles, and then like we were talking about a little bit before the show, 
you know, you've got these, the Harley owner groups, you've got the one percenters, they've got their thing that, and their thing is their thing. But then you've got this whole group of us who love old bikes and love riding and love getting together and, and like you and you have your, your group of friends. There's lots of those all over the country and all over the world for that matter. Um, this is kind of, I, I would say this is maybe Harley's way of trying to just say, Hey, look, like we support this, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, there was probably, there was, there was a time and actually a lot of the friction came from, from the, the people that had attitudes that had custom bikes. They're like, Oh, well, mm-hmm. you know, F Harley this, F Harley that. Well, you know what? Then go ride something else, you know, right. you know, I, I've actually been photographing for different departments in Harley for, for a period of time now. And I remember when I first started doing some jobs, you know, there was a lot of people that had a, a lot to say, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, fuck this or fuck that. They had this attitude, you know, I was like, you know what? I hope they sell the shit out of the dark custom bikes. You know, that, that's not <laughs> my, it's not, it's not my cup of tea right sure. now well because i can't afford to buy a brand new bike that's just not my market so right. but i hope they sell the shit out of those things because you know what years down the line i'm gonna have a bike that i'm gonna find in a garage somewhere that some some kid bought and put a handful of miles on and then decided he was scared of it or didn't want to do it or mm-hmm. or whatever now i have this amazing platform to build my own bike with you know that I, right that i can get for relatively cheap and they're laying around and you know what it's only a matter well we've already seen it and i said it then like it's only going to be a matter of time before shit goes water cooled or just becomes electric or you have all these epa epa regulations and right so you know what i'm i hope they sell the shit out of out of those bikes you know it's yeah. only it's and they're great i mean if you think about it that the actual design of those motors hasn't really changed a whole hell of a lot since the knucklehead right so you know what it's it's still it's a it's a great motor and you know those new sportsters they're any any of the new bikes but the sportsters they're they're relatively cheap you can get into them and they're bulletproof yeah. you can ride them ride them ride them off a cliff you know and they still seem <laughs> to want to run or like so my... how can you how can you complain about that Right. Or like my buddy who took a 2010, rode it for like a year, maybe six months, and then completely took it all apart, chopped the rear end off, hardtailed it, extended it six inches, and built a chopper out of a 2010. It's, yeah. it's amazing. I mean, it's a great great bike. It rides great. Um, he's put tons of miles on it. It's a daily rider for him. And so that, I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, that since the design of the motor – and, and probably a lot of the, the components hasn't changed for, you know, many, many, many years. Um, obviously, Harley's got their biggest market is people who make just enough money or make enough money or they can buy one or they can either finance it. And um, and that's their main market. It's not, you know, us who really can't afford um, to go out and buy a brand new 2014 Street Glide or something for, you know, 35K or 30K or whatever it is. But yeah. just like history repeats itself... You you know back in the the early days when guys were buying FLs and bringing them home and you know maybe they rode them for a little while maybe they didn't but then here fast forward another twenty thirty forty years and uh, you know we go and we find some barn find bike where um, you know the guy let it sit for like you said whatever he was afraid or uh, you know just got tired of it 
that's going to happen too in the future. You know, these guys buying bikes and they figure out, I'm not really into this. And it just sits and some dude yeah. will come along, like you said, and there's your platform. Yeah, because I, I really only see things getting more. I mean, I, I'm not uh, well-versed in, in electric motors or mm-hmm. <laughs> anything like that. So, you know, to have a have a gasoline motor, and uh, I really see that it's going to be a big change coming up. I, I can, I just... I just feel it, you know. I mean, it's only it's only a matter of time before for things have to change, and and uh, uh, you know, to have those to have those bikes and those motors available, it's gonna it's gonna be a good thing in the future. Absolutely. The um, the party. I just want to throw this out there, and I'll, I'll throw it again uh, at the end of our interview. But um, the party it says is Saturday, February first, from eight p.m. to eleven p.m. It's ten bucks at the Harley Davidson Museum in milwaukee wisconsin and the name of the show is called living lost yeah that's just um yeah so well the 10 bucks is actually the 10 bucks that you pay to get into the museum to to see you'll see the entire museum and it is actually a pretty amazing museum um it's uh they've got a lot of really cool stuff in there and i'm not just saying that to to plug anything but no i've um, heard that i've heard that from lots of people who've seen it they come back you know i mean yeah. avid, avid enthusiasts to just your casual browser they all come back and go man it's amazing yeah so the 10 bucks is to get in the museum and then uh i'll have my my own section there where where my work will be and then after that um you can go downstairs and then there's a building just adjacent to it to where um where Mount Salem will play and there'll be a party and, uh, there'll be high life, uh, there. I, I, I think it'll be, you know, it'll be rather cheap. It'll be like a dollar. Don't quote me on this, but <laughs> it'll, <laughs> it'll be cheap. Miller's on Miller high life's on board with it too. So, cool. uh, whether it's free or if it's a buck, it's, it's cheap either way. So, um, it should be a good time and, uh, it should be a blast. Then living loss just kind of, you know, came from, just the just the the whole road trip thing where it's just get on your bike go and whatever happens happens like yeah. it, it, if if we're deciding oh we're going to ride to California for the born free show but something else comes up along the way where we're like oh well this is going on over here halfway through then then that's just what happens it's just you're just going with the flow and and uh just seeing what happens so not trying to um, force anything just kind of yeah there. Just, yeah and um um you know it's not really about for me it's never really been about being at any specific show or place it's more about just the ride getting there um and uh i think being in the midwest we're kind of we're kind of forced to do that i i can't think of any there's no shows in chicago there's no like there's there's some just sprouting up this year. There's the mm-hmm. um, there's the Oily Soul show in Detroit that just happened this year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of an invitational show. Um, there's going to be a show in Milwaukee called Mama Tried. These are these are kind of towards the end of the year or in the winter. You know, Milwaukee in February is going to be uh, pretty pretty frigid. So, um, but during the summer months, it's kind of like it's it's pretty there's not a whole lot going on. So sometimes there'll be a show going on 
you know, in St. Louis or wherever. You just get on and it's, 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 you know, 400 miles away. You just get on and go. And that's, that's more what it's about than, yeah. than, uh, actually getting to the show. Sure. So well, and- I, I feel like there's so much going on in California that <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, you know, I remember going out there, I went out there for the first born free show mm-hmm. and the very first one. And, and, you know, I was out there and I was stoked to be out there. And then you'd be hanging out with people days beforehand and you'd be like, Oh, you going to that show? And they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. I might, you know, I'm like, <laughs> shit, you know, like for us, it's, we just don't have that, you know, but yeah, it's, uh, it does seem like there's always something going on, which, you know, I'm glad I, I don't get yeah, to make cool. it. I don't get to make it to as many things as I'd like to, you know, it's just kind of the sacrifice of being a parent and a husband. Um, yeah. You know, I choose to put my time elsewhere. doesn't mean I don't get all butt hurt like a 15 year old kid, but, um, yeah, it's, it, it is. California is definitely, I mean, shoot the weather we've had the last couple of days. Like I went from riding, uh, long sleeve, like, like, uh, long underwear with like, uh, leather jacket and my jean vest and jeans and stuff riding to work still cold which isn't anywhere near cold back there but still cold <laughs> here um to like monday yeah monday and tuesday i rode in and i just had my vest on with like a t-shirt it was uh, i don't know summertime came back i guess <laughs> that's uh it's pretty insane i mean yeah. i don't even keep track of the 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 weather here or the temperature but i know it's I know it's down into to zero right now. It's cold. So, yeah. <laughs> well, um, I, yeah. you know, I was as I'm looking at your flyer here, I'm gonna, um, I'll have to get some artwork from you so I can put it up on the site and just kind of, you know, have it available so people can click through and get the information and stuff. Um, it'll just yeah, be, for sure. be a good thing. There's two questions I like to ask, um, with regards to the people that that I interview because. And I've explained this a few times, so I won't go into too much detail, but just for your sake, um, you know, everybody's kind of connected in this world somehow. I mean, we all share the same soil, it seems. We all share the same water at some point or another. We um, all share the same girls. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that part, but... <laughs> well, hey, it happens. It can happen. I'm sure it can. Um, the, uh, I guess the point of it is, is that... Um, I like to hear people's uh, stories and kind of put them out there for other people to hear because I think people can gain encouragement, you know, or maybe uh, maybe they get something from it that they can carry with them. Um, and I guess without trying to be, you know, a, play a counselor role or any type of like hippie kind of weird, we're all connected spiritually, you know, type of thing. Everyone affects everyone. So um, that being said, what... Um, What's one of the worst experiences you've had in life? And it can be anything. It doesn't have to just be motorcycle related. It can be, you know, life related, uh, whatever you're comfortable with sharing. Uh, yeah. Well, like I always, I've always said that the worst things in life can certainly turn out to be the best things in your life. I mean, Mm -hmm. at the time they just seem so, so unbearable and so, so shitty. Uh, but they they can kind of force you into a, a different direction in your life that just absolutely turns out to be the most amazing thing. And actually, that's that's why I do what I do because I had a you know I had a, a life changing thing where uh, I was 
you know, I, I married my high school sweetheart and we went to college, we went into the city and, uh, and then we graduated and she was really into getting married. And I was like, well, it's probably not the best time to get married. I mean, mm-hmm. I love you, but we had to establish ourselves. I went to school to be a photographer. I'm not going to go work at some coffee shop, you know? So I'm going to, I'm going to do what I have to do to, to get to where I want to be. And it's going to take a lot of work. Well, so we get married and, and I'm focused on that. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and she split and it was kind of really shitty how it all happened. But, at that time I was in a really hard spot and I was just like, man, I was just, it's, you know, there's nothing worse than, than that, you know? And, uh, so I'm sitting there, I'm in this house. I never really lived alone. I lived with my parents. We moved out, we moved, lived together and I'm sitting in this house and it's like this absolute, there's just this eerie silence. You're used to somebody being around Mm -hmm. there's some other entity moving around the house and, and I was like, you know what? I can't sit here anymore. So I just, I just started traveling. I I would meet somebody who would would be like, hey, I, I really like what you're doing. How about you hop in my van, and we'll go to Florida and go to Daytona. Hmm. And uh, hey, I got this bike that's been sitting in the corner of the garage for the last ten years. Kind of sketchy, but you can ride it if you can get it running. And let's go to Mexico. Let's let's do the El Diablo run. Hmm. And so I just started meeting amazing people that just were just pulling me along like, Hey man, you know, I just feel like if you're a good person, people Mm -hmm. are going to be good back to you. You know, that's not always true. They like to take advantage of you too. But, um, but man, I, I've met some amazing people in that period of time just because I was so down on my luck, didn't have a penny to my name, but man, people wouldn't hesitate just to hear it take my bike and ride it or hop in the van. Let's go party here. Let's, let's go there. And, and I, I literally, I lived on the road for a number of years just doing that. Didn't, I, I would bring a, I'd be, bring a jar of peanut butter and, and a loaf of bread. And, and, uh, man, it, you know, I, at that time it, it was a really hard period of my life, but mm-hmm. I look back and I'm like, man, that was some of the funnest times of my life. Just, gone and not caring and just just being just totally absent you know but but then it just led to all these amazing things like i said i i graduated college i wasn't i wasn't planning on shooting bikes i i had more of a commercial background i was going to do some uh more commercial shooting and Mm -hmm. and bikes weren't even in the equation but that happened i was like man I, i gotta get out of here and then the people i met just just uh it just evolved into to what i'm doing now and, I, and i'll say that it's uh it's it's not easy still i mean you know people see oh you got work published in a magazine or you got work here or there but uh you know there's there's really no money in publishing anymore so yeah, it's yeah. it's uh um you know it's still it's not easy you know and uh yeah i, I don't know i'm very very thankful for for my life and and, um, all the people that are a part of it and people that have helped me out. And, um, but, uh, you know, I have a lot of people that are like, Oh, I follow what you do, man. You, you live the most amazing life. And, (laughs) uh, you know, I, and I'm very grateful for it. Don't get me wrong, but I I think there's a lot of people that, 
probably can't handle it. Most yeah. people need a, a, a schedule. They need to know where they're going to sleep. Where am I going to sleep tonight? What, what's, where am I going to be tomorrow? You know, yeah, you, yeah. you get traveling with some of those people and they just drive you insane because they need to know <laughs> exactly when they're going to eat or where they're going to sleep or, you know, it's like, well, I don't know, man, we'll just deal with it. You know, let's just have fun in the meantime. So, yeah. um, you know, there's, there's, a, you just have to let go of life sometimes and, and amazing things can happen. It's amazing when I, when I was listening to you, uh, talk about that, especially towards the end there where you said, you know, you just, I, I basically just, um, you know, kind of let go or lost myself. It's interesting that when you lost yourself by, lo- by losing yourself, you essentially found yourself. I know that sounds exactly. like, yeah. Really kinda... no, and, and all through high school, I, I, I really struggled with anxiety, uh, mm-hmm. really bad where I was really like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? I gotta, I gotta try, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And I was just like, my mind was just went insane and I, mm-hmm. I was literally like sick all the time. Just, and then that happened. It was like, click, like just, I'm gone. My mind was just gone. Yeah. I didn't care. And then, wow. Like now I'm just like, I'm home. I, I, I really, I just updated my website and I've really been focused on that. I haven't, I haven't updated it. And, and well, since early 2009 mm-hmm. and it's like 2000, almost 2014 now. So, but I've been sitting here at home and I'm like, I'm like, man, I, this is eating me up. I, I really, it's really hard for me to sit in one place for any period of time. Yeah. So, so I've just kind of come, become accustomed to just, just being, I can anywhere, but here (laughs) I can fully identify with you, uh, on the whole anxiety thing. And we, we can talk about it offline, but, uh, I've, I fully understand what that feels like. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that probably started shaking their heads. Uh-huh. Yep. I know what that feels yeah. like. Um, yeah, well, for sure. On the, on the inverse side of that, uh, I guess, or converse to, you know, being the worst experience. Cause obviously, you know, your philosophy was the worst turns into the best. Um, what, what would you say then has been the best experience that you've had to date? <laughs> wow. I mean, that, that's, just too hard you know i i actually i struggled um you know during that period of time where i just hit the road it was it was a lot of fun but it was really hard to i i really i i mean i was not just wealthy in the friends that that i was around but just could barely i couldn't even take care of myself you know and Mm -hmm. and uh you know it was like I, I, there were so many times where I was like, I can't do this anymore. I have to stop. I, I can't do it. I just cannot do this anymore. And finally, you know, it was out of, actually, I was shooting for magazines, just struggling. I would just get fucked. I just get ripped off by all these magazine editors and, oh yeah, the check's coming, the check's coming. Or, you know, then they, they send my, my photos to some other publisher and they just, you know, they just end up everywhere. And, and you just get screwed over. And then finally, uh, I just started doing that blog. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the editors didn't want you to post your images to the Internet at that time because they wanted first dibs on, on the feature. So I said, screw it. I just started just posting everything to the blog and posting on the Internet, and I wasn't making a penny. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, this is, uh, 
well, now people can see who I really am. They're they're not seeing it through a publisher's eyes. This is me. This is what I do every day, and this is what I love. I'm not making a penny doing it, but then, you know, then a corporation like Harley Davidson comes along and man, we we really appreciate what you're doing. How about we hire you to do this job or that job, and then then life gets a little bit easier, and then and then other then there's other aspects where. Um, you know, there's been, there's been movie films or whatever just come along and it's, it's, it's mind blowing because you're just wrapped. Like I'll, I'll go from, uh, I'll go from sleeping in a ditch one night to sleeping in somebody's mansion the next night. You know, that's just amazing. the beauty of the chopper world, you know, or the motorcycle community, you have the lowest of the low that love it and are into it for life. But then you have the highest of the high, whatever that means that are loving it and in it for life as well. And they mm-hmm. like coexist together. And well, I mean, you see that more in California than, than anywhere else probably. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, you just get involved in these really outrageous things, you know? And, and, uh, and, you know, I actually, I, I turned 30. I was like, Oh shit. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm in my thirties now, but man, 30, I was like, man, 30 was the best year of my life. And then 31 came and I'm like, fuck, that was the best year of my life. <laughs> now I'm 32 and I'm like, damn, that was, that was insane. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I know it'll end. I know it could end like tomorrow, you know, but who knows? You know, you just roll with it and, and ride it out until, until you can't ride it anymore, I guess. But Well, it seems like that, I mean, the, it seems like you you kind of answered it even in the what's the worst you know thing that's ever happened to you in that it's the best thing like it's it yeah. kind of was wrapped up in your kind of your approach to life it seems like after you know post uh post divorce i mean it's like you just kind of your perspective flipped and you were like you know what like none of this exists really like you know for any length amount of time it's kind of it comes and goes so i'm just going to go i'm just going to get away from it all and just go yeah, you know what? And she recently contacted me. Is like, you know what? I, I really would like to speak to you and just apologize for the way I bailed. And I was like, you know what? You don't even need to do that. Like, I, I, you know, I don't hold anything really against anybody. It takes a lot to to piss me off. But, uh, but yeah, I just told her like, you know what? That's you set me free. It's the best thing that ever happened. You know, and hmm. I don't, I don't. Uh, I don't hold anything against you, you know. So that's but, pretty. Uh, that's yeah. pretty awesome. I mean, if it was if it was me, I might be like, no, <laughs> hang up. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going through know, this man. again. <laughs> I, I let people walk all over me sometimes, and and uh, I find I find beauty in in one or two aspects, or, or you know, I just kind of roll with that. Yeah. Well, again, I think it goes back to your attitude. I think you, you've got a fantastic attitude towards life. I mean, it's sometimes, you know, especially um, when we get wrapped up in like family life or, you know, it could be, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend life or whatever. We got a job and all this stuff. Like we can get so wrapped up in it and just forget that just to be like in that moment, just to be instead of trying to be somewhere else, you know, we miss out. Uh, it yeah. sounds like you've spent, you know, a good portion of your life just being, and that's, that's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah. And you just got to take what you have really. I mean, 
I didn't want to ride an Ironhead. I was always like, fuck, I'm going to always be that dude that broke down, can't keep up. But, <laughs> man, I got on that thing, and it's like, man, it's, it, it, it seems like everybody's trying to keep up with me, and it's, <laughs> it's always been so reliable, and it's like, man, that's all I need. You know, I just got this. You can turn anything into gold, you know. It just it's just a matter of of attitude, and, and uh, you don't need a whole lot in life, you know. I, I'm I'm happy with just like I don't know. Just today, right before you call me, my, my thing to do is just to get lost every day. I, I just get well, mostly it's on my bike, and it's every day <laughs> if I'm home right about sunset, I just ride at the sun and mm-hmm. just take roads that that I've never seen before. I try to try to find roads I've never seen before and just completely get lost. And, and that's what I enjoy is just being lost, you know, and, uh, lost in my mind and just, just, I, I don't know. I can't even describe it. Yeah. Most people don't understand it, but, um, that's, that's what I crave. And, and, and now, you know, we've got snow drifting across the road and I'm, I'm just getting my truck and, and dry. I have to do it every day. Otherwise, I go insane. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. I, I think. I mean, I know I understand it, and I would say anybody who's ever ridden, you know, for any, even if it's just for a short amount of time, I think they would understand it. Yeah. Um, well, it's not even for me. It's just my body needs to be moving. <laughs> mm. It's uh, you know, it, and when I was in high school, it was cars. You know, I just I would be by myself on a Friday night. Sounds lame because. I was a weirdo and, and I'd just be lost on some gravel road, you know, by myself being weird somewhere, but I loved mm-hmm. it. Well, there are, there are definitely worse things to be doing for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know what? I never, you know, <laughs> well, I'm making up for all the partying and, and, uh, yeah, I didn't take a sip of alcohol till I was 24. Mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, I didn't do drugs or any of that, but, uh, and I'm glad, I mean, I, I was focused on what I was doing and now actually it's, I found that it's better for me to, to get hammered at a, at a, an event or with friends. It's just, it's just kind of, I don't know, <laughs> it sounds bad, but whiskey <laughs> puts a smile on my face. It makes me social yeah. and, uh, and I, I seem to be able to hold it well and I don't get pissed off. I, I don't ever try to fight anybody and, don't make too many stupid decisions unless it's just in good fun. So yeah, whiskey has been a really good thing for my life. <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I, I recently have uh, found whiskey and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm almost 40 now. Don't get me wrong. Like I drank whiskey when I was younger, uh, but there's something about this time around. Like I just pour it in a glass and sip it. And um, it's always, anytime I drink alcohol, I, I become more social, which is, if you ask my wife, that's a dangerous combination because I'm already pretty social anyway. But um, <laughs> yeah, but I get what you mean. I really do. Well, I'm sipping on some right now. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, you know we've we've been talking to Josh Kirpius, uh, obviously because you clicked on the podcast um, where we're interviewing Josh Kirpius. Um, you can check out his uh, a lot of his work at his site, which has been recently updated, and that's uh, www josh kirpius k-u-r-p-i-u-s dot com um he's also on instagram um and i believe you have yeah you have a contact form on your website so you can send your love letters and and fandom uh notes to him 
I'm sure he'll get right on reading them. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has yeah. a sh- I'll read them. I might not get back to you, but <laughs> I, I'm horrible at that. I'm, I'm, I feel like a dick sometimes, but nah. you know, I, I'll be on the road. I'll be on the road all summer long, and then I'll, I'll just go through and hit everybody back. Like they'll be like, "What, really?" Six months later. <laughs> but I, hey, I, I think that's a perfect uh, example of someone who's not tied to technology. Like. You know, if you if you're gonna go and ride all summer, ride all summer, and if, if the people that really know you, uh, they'll know not to expect to get a reply. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, some people get offended, but yeah. those aren't people I'm into anyway. Yeah. Well, Josh, um, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, I enjoyed our conversations both on and off the record, and uh, I look forward to to talking to you some more. Maybe in the future, we can we can catch up again and. Um, I don't know, do a part two and kind of catch up and see what's new in your life. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good.